Talk this morning about seasons. Maybe. <laughs> Time will tell. No, 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 no. I've been thinking a lot about the seasons of God. I've been thinking about my, every now and then I'll have a, have a, a, a thing my dad said all the time that pops into my mind. And I just, I end up dwelling on it for a long time. My dad used to always say this. He said, God moves at the speed of life. We don't like that. We don't like that. I mean, y'all can sit there and act like, I mean, maybe y'all do. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like that God moves at the speed of life. I don't like that God moves in those, those types of ways and those types of seasons to where it makes me have to be patient to move through something. And that when God, God moves at that speed of life and that life has, you know, you have to go ahead and live life. Even the parts you want to skip over. See, what we would all love to do is be able to fast forward through the parts we don't like. Man, there's a lot of parts of life that people would like to fast forward through. I see you. I'm just not going to stick my tongue out at you. But we would like to move on through some things in life and not have to deal with them. Anybody? Anybody in anything right now that wish they had a little fast forward button and they just fast forward? Because you know, here's the thing. We all know this and we really do know that the plans God has for us are good. We know that the final outcome that God has for us are good. If I say, if I start to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, everybody amens. We all know that. We all understand that. But we then are in the situation where it's like, well, I know God may have plans for me that are good, but right now is not good. Every, is anybody ever in a right now is not good? <coughs> Some people in a right now is not good. I know the end result. I mean, I've read, I've read the end of the book, and at the end of the book, we win. I know that it's going, the time is going to come where we're going to spend eternity with, with Jesus in heaven. I know that my life is going to end out the way that God plans for it to, but the right now stage I'm in? <laughs> and if you're not there, you will be or you have been. There's nobody in this room that either has not been or not been. And, and if you have been and aren't right now, i got news for you. You will be again. You will be again. You will be in a season and in a time where you do not enjoy it. If you're raising children, certain seasons of raising kids is terrible. It's terrible. And anyone who tells you it's not is lying to you. They're lying to you. <coughs> Period. There are certain seasons when you're, when you're raising children that are the most wonderful, most amazing seasons in the world. And then there's some of them that like, don't you wish you'd go back? No, I do not. No, I do not wish I could go back to that age. At all. Not even a little bit. Don't you, don't you wish you'd go back when they were younger? No, because then I'd have to go through other stages again. I don't want to do that. That's not when I got past it. It's like, praise God, you know, we got past that season. Let's move on to the next one. So you got two brand new babies here. This season's so great. Y'all are like, oh, they cry a lot. Listen, you can sit them down and they'll still be there. <laughs> right now? It's like everybody's looking at Bobby for him to go over. Where's that baby going to go? He's strapped in a seat right there. He can't walk. He can't crawl. He can't roll over. He just laying there. He may not like you. He's looking around like, hey, where am I going? <laughs> but right now, you sitting there. That's where he is. <laughs> that ain't gonna be that way long. It won't be that way long. You think it's tired now? Wait, are you trying to catch him? Yeah. So, but it's because life is a life of seasons. Some are good, some aren't. Some are sad, some are happy. Ecclesiastes says this, and we'll read all of it to you. Ecclesiastes 3 says, To everything there is a season. And a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. 
A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. It says under there's a time for everything and a season for everything under heaven. And here's what that means. It means whatever season you're going through, you're not alone. Someone's already been through it. You ever been in a situation where you feel like I'm the only person here? Nobody's ever had to face this. Nobody's ever had to have this hard. Nobody's ever had it this difficult. No one's ever had to go through this. Man, let me tell you something. In the eons and eons of time of mankind, somebody's been through it. Somebody's already had to deal with it. Somebody's had it worse. Somebody's had it better. Because seasons are not a part of life. Seasons are life. Well, if I can just get through this season, okay, cool, you'd be in another one. And it may be better. It may be worse. Because it's not that seasons are a part of our lives. Our lives are made up of seasons. Of seasons. And see, unfortunately, for what we would like it to be, the seasons that God governs are not, they're not done by calendars or clocks. Right. How many of y'all have been in a season you're like, I am good and tired of this one, I'm ready to get out of it? Yeah. I got news for you God does not have a watch nor a calendar. However long that season lasts, is there, you can't set your clock by it. You can't you can't mark it on the you can't make a paper chain for it. Anybody make paper chains for Christmas? Kids even do that anymore? They should, they should. No, man, we do have paper chains, man. How many days to a Christmas? Get some red and some green construction paper? My only person ever made a paper chain? I know you did, you're my sister. I'm talking about anybody else. Man, we, when we got out of school, we made a paper chain. How many days till Christmas? And you cut strips of construction paper and you tape it. And every day you cut, you cut a bad chain off the paper chain. Man, them last two or three seem to last forever. Now Christmas is like here going back. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it seemed like there was four years between each Christmas. Now it's like a month and a half, man. It's like Christmas... I mean, it probably doesn't help that they start putting Christmas decorations in the store in August. Yeah. I don't want to see your Christmas tree when it's 97 <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> Nothing that is alive can exist without seasons. Amen. You can, you know what? If you could go through life without having to change seasons, you wouldn't want to because you wouldn't be alive. We don't get a whole lot of fall down here. We have like, our seasons are about two weeks of spring, really hot. About a week and a half, two weeks of fall. Then it gets cold for about a month and then it starts getting hot. That's it. That's it. But then you have people like Mr. Bo. He loves he loves the warm weather. Y'all crazy. It's too hot. Way too hot. Way too hot. But trees have seasons. Animals have seasons. Everything that is alive and moving has changing seasons. And mankind is no different. Mankind is no different. It says that in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time to live and a time to die. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to mourn and a time to dance. It says in your life, you're going to have sad times. And you're going to have happy times. And you're going to have times where you're getting. And you're going to have times where you're losing. And you have times where you're receiving. And times where things are being taken away. That is the natural order of life. Say, so why are you saying that? Because what matters is how do we respond and live in those seasons. Right. See, I have to learn how to understand that while I may be in a season of mourning, there is a season of joy that is coming. Yes. Oh, 
While I may be in a season of loss, there is a season of getting that is coming. While I may be in a season where things are being cast away, there is going to be a season where things are going to be coming to me. As I walk through life and walk through those seasons, the thing I love, and I told the guys at men's group that I like getting older. I really do. I'm not, it's not just because I didn't really know if I'd live to be the age I am by the age I am now. I mean, part of it is I didn't know if I'd make it this long. But I like I like getting older. I mean, I don't like that I you know I get stiff when I get up sometimes. I don't like the fact that if I was going to decide to go play basketball, I'd have to stretch for eight hours and take a whole bottle of ibuprofen afterwards. <laughs> And y'all remember the day whenever you go play ball somewhere, you could bounce out of the car, not even stretch, not even limber up, go play full court basketball, hop back in the vehicle the next morning, get up feeling fine. That ain't the way it is no more. You go do anything. Go play a game of church softball the next day, like. <laughs> Muscles are sore that you didn't think you still had because you don't. That's the problem. Stuff sore where it was. Anybody ever been sore where it was? That's what the problem is. The reason we're so sore is because it ain't there no more. Oh, I'm sorry. All y'all just never don't have that issue. But I like it older because I've become more balanced in my older age. I understand the seasons may be here, but they're not going to stay here. See, the beautiful thing about the seasons of God is that God is doing something in every season. See, the thing that's so difficult to understand sometimes when you get in the middle of a bad season is is that I just want to get out of this. Not, hey, what's God doing here? What's God doing here? See, everything has to have seasons of rest. Everything in nature has seasons where it gets to rest. So apple trees can't produce apples nonstop. Right. Amen. Oh, we made it just, we can't make just a few minutes. I think somebody needs to hear that. You can't constantly be in a season of production. Right. Sometimes you've got to get into a season of rest so that when you are just time for you to produce again, there's something there to produce. Yeah. You know what would happen if an apple tree had to produce nonstop? The apples would get worse and worse. They'd get smaller and smaller. They would have less sweetness, less less juice. There wouldn't be nothing there. When the tree went to produce the apples, it would not have any life-giving anything to produce. Because that tree has to go through a season of rest. So it has demanded something of it. You know what's wrong in a lot of our world today? We're too busy. We're too busy. There's never any time for rest. You know why families don't grow? They never rest. Now we'll camp there, man, too. We're too busy. The families are too busy. People have too much going on. There's never any time to rest so that when it's time to do the things that matter. You know why there's no fruit for when it matters? Because we're too busy. We're too busy. We're too busy. We never have the downtime to rest. So when God demands something of the fruit, there's fruit to give because we've been given to everything. You can't live life in perpetual production. You have to go through the seasons. You have to go through the seasons. Y'all know me. I like to grow things. I'm very big on liking to provide my own food. I like to grow it. I like to shoot it. It is what it is. You won't ever find me hungry. But in order to grow things, in order to, in order to harvest anything, whether it be, it be the harvest of an animal to eat or food that you grow from the ground, it all has to go through a season. And if it doesn't go through every step, of every season, it's not any good. Amen. If it doesn't go through every step of every season, then it ends up being worthless. 
Me and Miss Kim were talking about gardens Thursday night at prayer meeting. We were talking about growing corn. Corn is a neat vegetable. It takes up a lot of space. And you only produce one or two ears off of it. So I wouldn't grow it if I wanted to do a bunch of stuff. I grow it because my wife likes it. But it's interesting because corn is a wind pollinator, which means when you see the top of the corn, you see the tassel of the corn, the wind blows and it falls down on you. see the silk that sticks out the top of the ear when it begins to form. The interesting thing about that, that silk is each one of those silk strands is attached to an individual kernel. Each one of those silk strands is attached to an individual kernel. And so every one of those silk strands has to be pollinated so that the kernel will grow. If any of the silk strands are not pollinated, then you end up with unplumped, ungrown, unusable kernels. So see, when God begins to grow a thing, He has to be so thorough with it so that every part of that can be used and be usable. See, when God begins to grow a thing in you, it may take a little time because He's got to get it to the point where everything is usable. See, if every one of those silks is not pollinated, you end up with a kernel of corn that half of the half of the ear doesn't have any kernels on it. Yeah. Because it was not thoroughly prepared. Yeah. You think God is not a God of planning and purpose? Yeah. The planning and purpose? But in that season. That corn starts out as a kernel of corn. Starts out as a kernel of corn. And you put it in the ground and you see this little bee shoot. Completely worthless. Has no value. But see, here's what happened. Anybody, is anybody, anybody gardening here? Anybody grow things? Anybody? Okay. You understand what I'm saying? You see that first shoot, I don't care how many, how many years you've been doing it, the first little shoots, the first little pop-ups, everybody gets excited. Yeah. No matter how many times you've done it, everybody gets excited. See, because what happens is, is when you have, when, when God begins to work in a season, and you have that planting season, but see, the first thing that has to happen to that seed when it goes in the ground is it dies. It goes through a season of death and decay. See, sometimes we begin to mourn things in our lives, but what you're doing is mourning a season that God has orchestrated so it can die off so something new can grow from it. See, we're mourning something that God says, I'm actually operating in this situation so that that decay can happen, so that death can happen, because until that death happens, see, there was no new life for us until Jesus died. Yeah. A death had to transpire so that new life could come out of that death. Yeah. So once that seed decays, you see that little shoot stick up. Come on, and boy, everybody's excited because it's a, it's a new season of new growth. Yeah. There's nothing better than walking into a fresh season with God. Yeah. You walk into that brand new season, you realize things are new, something new's going on in your life. But the problem is, is once you see that ear pop up, then you've got a long wait. And during that long wait, you got some work to do. You got to make sure you keep the weeds away from them. Because if you don't, the nutrients that are meant for that little that little ear will get stolen by stuff that's not supposed to be there. See, sometimes in our lives, you're just going to have to be in the weeding season. Every one of us right now could do some weeding. We could pull out some things that don't belong in our lives that are eating up the nutrients of what God is trying to grow in the season that we're in. Oh, I guess I'm the only one with any weeds. I'm the only one in the season where I got some distraction. Some distraction going on, maybe. I, I guess I'm it. I, I'm by myself. I'm, Shauna, I'm the only one with any distraction. But it starts, it pops up, and I'm like, look at that. It ain't nothing. You can't do nothing with it. It's not of any value to anyone. 
You ain't finna eat it. You can't put it on the grill and grill it. You can't boil it. You can't roast it. You can't smoke it. You can't do nothing with it. It's just a little old leaf. But everybody's fired up. But then we get impatient and bored. Let me tell you the two stages where every person, every person's garden gets bad and dies. It's either in the prep stage before they plant or it's in the stage after they plant before they harvest. Because that's where the patience comes in. That's where the patience and the dedication and the work comes in. See, if you're going to walk through the seasons of God, you've got to be dedicated to the season you're in. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't be trying to get out of the season you're in. You've got to be dedicated to the season that you are in. See, so many times we don't dedicate ourselves to the season we're in because we want the season that's coming. Not the season where we are. But if you got your plant in the ground, if you ain't dedicated to the growing season, you ain't never going to have a harvest. I'm preaching better than y'all responding. If you can't dedicate yourself to where you are, you're not ever going to get where you want to go. And so that little plant, you take care of it. You water it. You nourish it. When it gets so high, you fertilize it again. You make sure it gets what it needs so that it can grow and it can grow strong. But you're still not eating nothing from it. You're not seeing any benefit from it. All you're doing is getting hot, sweaty, and tired. See, they seasoned in life where you just need to go ahead and determine, I'm going to get hot, sweaty, and tired. If you can't walk through a season knowing it's going to be a hot, sweaty, tired, dirty season, you can't walk with God. And I'm just going to lay that right out there. If you're going to walk with God, if you want to walk through the seasons of God, the growing times of God, sometimes it's going to be stinky. Sometimes it's going to be dirty. Sometimes it's going to be sweaty. Sometimes it's going to be nasty. Sometimes you'll be tired. You ain't even going to lift your arms up because you worship so long. You can't hold your hands up. Sometimes your knees are going to be sore from praying. But it is the time when you are working where God is hovering. And so then the plant gets about that tall. Still ain't doing nothing. Except taking your time, your resources, your effort, getting up early to go water it, make sure it's doing okay. Nothing. You don't see nothing happening with it. It just looked like a taller version of what it was. Because I'm going to tell you something about the seasons of God. They can be monotonous. Yep. Amen. Now y'all ain't heard that. It is day after day after day after day after day after day of the same thing. Yep. You're, not, you're not in a rut. You're in a season that requires consistency. See, I've got to get out of this rut. Maybe you ain't in a rut. Maybe you're in a growing season that takes consistency and takes commitment to continue on that path so that you can ultimately see what God is going to do. Life with God. His mercies are new every morning, but a lot of times your life's going to be the same every day. <laughs> If you think seasons in God are going to be these fresh, brand new things every day, you're wrong. The greatest men of God, the greatest women of God that I've ever had the pleasure to know, you know they are consistent. And they're consistent in the things that most people don't even consider, don't even think about. They just get up and go every day. When I was a kid, one of my baseball heroes was Cal Ripken Jr. I love Cal Ripken Jr. I played shortstop in baseball, and that was my dude, man. I was a National League guy. I didn't really care for the American League, but I love Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Cal Ripken Jr. holds the most impressive sports record of all time. <laughs> of all time. It will never be broken, ever. You say, oh, you can't say that. I can say this. Cal Ripken Jr. played in over 2,700 consecutive baseball games. Wow. Without missing a game. When he finally took a day off, after when he, when he set that record and took a day off, and before he retired, they gave him an 11-minute standing ovation in Baltimore. Wow. 
But when they interviewed him, this is what he said. He said, I come from a town where men every day get up, pack their lunchbox, and go to work every day. Yeah. This is my job. Yeah. This is my job. Fourteen-time All-Star, amazing baseball player. But he said, "Hey, I grew up where this is what men do. Yep. They get up every day. They go to work. Yep. Why am I any different?" But it's in those seasons that require consistency, where character is developed. Y'all, you need to hear that. If you don't hear nothing else I say, the seasons that demand consistency is where God develops our character. Yeah. It's when you have to get up and do it when you're tired of doing it. Yeah. You have to get up and do it when you're bored with it. Yeah. You got to get up and do it when you say, I, can't, I cannot deal with that one more day. I cannot deal with that one more day. It's in those moments where you get up and you realize that that's where God is building character. Where God is building stability. Where God is building the old word stick to it this. Yeah. You know what is you know what is different in the church? You know what's different in the church today than what was different in the church whenever I grew up as a kid? Consistency. If I could put my finger on the one major thing that is different in the church today than when I grew up in the church, it's consistency. Listen, people did not know everything they needed to know about the Bible. They didn't have some of the revelation of the word, but let me tell you what they were. They were committed and they were consistent. Rick, did you know a few old timers in your day that were consistent to the things of God? And you knew where they'd be and what they'd be doing no matter what was going on. No matter what was going on. And see, when they walked through seasons of difficulty, they didn't have to muster up the courage to soldier on. Their life soldiered on. See, what happens so many times, we get in a rough season, we got to go find the commitment level to walk through the season. If you're walking committed to the things of God, committed to God, committed to the kingdom of God, it's just another day of being committed. It's just another day. Brother Floyd could stand and tell you story after story after story of attacks of the enemy and attacks of just life in general that he didn't want to have to come here and preach for 50 years. He didn't want to have to go do certain things. But you know what? That was his level of commitment. It was not he ever thought about, well, am I going to go do this? You just go do it. You just show up and do it. And so walking through those rough seasons is a whole lot easier. When the Bible says, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, what it lets you know is, is that the faith that you're going to need for where you're going will come today. No, y'all ain't heard that. When you don't get in a situation and say, i got to go get me some faith, you're supposed to be filling the faith faith tank right now for what is on the way. When you get to that rough season, the faith tank should already be full. You shouldn't have to go spend 14 hours looking for faith. Mark 4.26 says this, and he said, The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed upon the ground. And then he continues sleeping and rising night and day while the seed sprouts and grows and increases. He knows not how. All right, let's stay there for about 10 seconds. I got plenty of time. He says the kingdom of God is like a man who, who sows seed in the ground. And that ground makes that seed to grow, but the guy who sows the seed doesn't know how it grows. The guy who's in the season doesn't know how the season works. The guy who is in the middle, who is the central figure of the season of that growth, has no idea how it's working. See, you sit around, I sit around, and we spend so much mind time when we ought to be doing something productive trying to think about how the season works. How much mind time have I devoted to a season that I can't get myself out of, that I didn't walk myself into... That I don't even know what's going on in the season. I don't know what's growing in the season. I don't know what's developing the season. But I run myself crazy trying to figure out. He says, listen, he puts the seed in the ground and then the ground produces. He ain't got no idea how it happens. If God leads me to a season, I walk in that season. I'm consistent to God in that season. But it is above my pay grade as to what is supposed to go on in that season. I end up there. 
And God begins to do some things. And I'm like, well, I wonder what God's going to do here and how He's going to do this and how He's going to do that. Stop! 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 Quit trying to figure out how God's going to do what He's going to do. I can't even figure out what He's doing. Half the time, much less how He's going to do it. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I forgot I was talking to folks and y'all had it all figured out. And y'all, y'all know exactly what God's doing. Hello? Hardly, is that your phone? That's all right. Answer it, open it up. They made ears of preaching. Verse 28 says, The earth produces, acting by itself. How many of y'all know when God's in control of the seasons? And He is. He does the work. He does the production. I talked a few minutes ago about being in a season of production. Do you know you can't produce anything? My daddy used to say General Motors and all their technology has never produced a successful watermelon. (laughs) Man builds skyscrapers, God makes mountains. Man's impressed because they can build a house. God grows a tree that's as big as as, as half the size of this entire Around us is half this entire uh, auditorium. 200 feet tall. 300 feet tall. And we're we're, we're impressed by ourselves. So we're going to sit around and try to figure out how we're going to grow out of a season. The earth produces acting by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. He says, listen, he says, the earth produces by itself and acts by itself, but there's a season even within that production, even within what God is doing. God is going to grow in seasons. When you leave the season of the seed, you become the season of the ear, and then you become the season of the grain, and then the full grain in the ear. He said, there's an entire process that has to be done, and the only person who can turn that time clock is God. You say, why do you say that? Because I'm telling the person this morning who's trying to figure out how to get out of their situation, you ain't ever going to figure it out because you don't turn the calendar God does. Right. And I'm going to tell you this, about nine times out of ten, what God's trying to fix in that season is you. It's me. Verse 29 says, but when the grain is ripe and permits... Immediately he sends forth the reapers and puts to the sickle because the harvest stands ready. He says, when it's time, when it's time, God sends harvesters. You ain't even going to be alone to have to harvest by yourself. You're not going to be rejoicing by yourself in the field because when your, when your season becomes a harvest season, he's going to send you the help you need. Y'all ain't heard that. He's going to send the help necessary when it's time for the harvest, when it's a harvest season. But i got news for you. We don't live a life that's always going to be harvest seasons. Everything in life is not going to be the celebration of the harvest. Sometimes it's going to be the season of faith of the seed. I mean, it's astonishing to me the level of faith that for years and years and generations and generations farmers have operated in. They take seed that they could eat and bury it in the ground. And bury it in the ground. Because they know they're starting something. See, if you want to advance in any area of your life in God, some point you've got to have the season that starts it. <laughs> You can't sit around and do it just the way you've always done it and expect God to show up and do something different. God only operates on the principles of the law of seed, time, and harvest. Period. That's it. That's His only principle. 
So if we're going to sit around and say, God, I want the blessing of God, but I don't want to go through the toil of the rest of the seasons. I want God to do this in my life, but God says, I need you to plant a seed, and I need you to be patient in the growing season. I don't want that. No, thank you. No, thank you, Lord. See, how many times has God asked us, come to the altar and surrender something in our life? So you surrender it and you plant the seed. But when you walk out the door, as soon as there's a little bit of time for the growing season, you go trying to find something else to plant. There's nothing you're going to do in the kingdom of God that there's not going to be a growing season. Period. You're not ever going to get anything or have anything in the kingdom of God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes where? From the Father of lights. And if there's a very minister shadow of turning, every gift He will give you will start as a seed. What makes it good and perfect is that it always will manifest into what He wants it to be. But God doesn't dump houses on you. He gives you seed and then He gives you patience. He gives you seed and then He gives you patience. And He says, plant it, but then we're going to have to walk through some stuff. Every amazing thing God's ever given me in my life took time. It took time. I've said for years, I want my giving to God to result in not cornfields, but in orchards that produce year after year after year. But here's the deal. Corn will grow in 65 to 70 days. It takes years and years and decades for orchards. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want in your life from God? What kind of long-term relationships do you want? You can have a bunch of short-term relationships where you sow something and expect something, but you've got to be willing to have patience and endurance to walk out what God has purpose. My wife and I, this, this July, we've been married 17 years, and I tell people all the time we've been good at being married for about three and a half. <laughs> The only difference what I'm telling y'all, most people tell you, is I am brutally honest about it. And here's why. The first 14 years, there was a seed planted and it had to grow. Yeah. And it took patience. Yeah. And it took endurance. On her part, it took a lot of endurance. <laughs> but what do we expect? Why, why would we expect anything from an eternal God to happen overnight? If you get something that's a flash in the pan, it ain't worth nothing. It's not worth anything. It's not worth anything. Right. It's those things that there's growth and there's development and there's time. And then, see, the thing about it is, as God begins to do that, He births things in you. He births desires in you. And you're willing to walk it out and be patient during those rough seasons. And then it means something. See, that's what maturity looks like, is a willingness to wait on something. How many of you have had little kids that had to have something? Anybody go in the store, a little kid, they've got to have everything in the world, right? You buy it for them. You buy it for them. An hour later, they throw it on the ground. They don't even know where it is, don't care where it is. You know why? Because it doesn't mean anything. Some of the reason why we go through seasons that last a long time is so when you get the harvest and get the reward, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Let me tell you the things in your life that you have that you have wept and cried over, those things matter. Yeah. The things that you've taken a long time to cultivate, those things matter. The things that's taken a long time for you to receive, those things matter. The stuff you get overnight, nobody cares about. The difference in immaturity and maturity is knowing that the stuff you spend the time cultivating is what matters. Little kids don't know that. <clears throat> See, the problem we have in the church and in the Christian world is we're all a bunch of children. We want it, we want it now. Then we get it and we want the next thing. Well, thanks God, now this is my next list. Guilty. 
God gives me something that I ask Him for, and I, but before I barely even thank Him for it, I've done got the list of the next thing. Right. Well, God, could you go ahead and do this in my life too? How about this? Can you do this too? Because there's no time of growth yeah. and development. Do you know why it takes longer to grow an orchard than it does to grow a corn plant? The roots have to be stronger and deeper. Right. You know the difference between something that is annual and something that is a perennial? Roots. Amen. Root structure. Y'all ain't heard of that. <clears throat> root structure. The longevity of time that it intends to grow and the root structure and the root expansion and the root depth is the difference. Listen, Bobby has an excavator. He does tree work. Y'all need tree work done? See Bobby, he's great at it. But there's some trees, if you call Bobby and you got some, some, some shrubbery in your yard, he'll walk over there with his excavator, just reach over there, grab a hold of it, shake it a time or two and snatch it out of the ground, right? But if you got a hundred year old oak tree, because one of them hadn't been there very long, one of them hadn't weathered very much, but one of them's dug deep. One of them's dug down deep. Psalm 1 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That he'll bring forth fruit in what? His season. His leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. You ever seen anybody that it just looks like everything they do prospers? Yeah. It's not that God likes them better than you. It's that their, deep, their roots are deeper. You ride down the road in times of drought, you see all the small plants. What are they doing? They can't get no water. Don't change them oak trees at all. Those oak trees look exactly the same, whether it's drought conditions. Because they've been through it. And when it got dry, they're just dug down when it got rough, they just dug down deep. See, what's got to happen in those seasons, you're going to go through the difficult dry seasons. The dry seasons are not when you start crying. The dry seasons are when you start picking. When you're in a rough season, it ain't time to sit around and whine. It's time to dig deeper. It's time to dig deeper. It's time to go for the deeper things of God. It's time to go where the nourishment is. See, what happens, God will put you in seasons that dry out a little bit so that you got to actually go for the nourishment. Sometimes you're in a dry, difficult season because God's trying you to try to get you to dig deeper because He knows something's coming. And the roots you got won't hold you. And so He says, we're going to have to go through this season. We're going to have to go through this season so that you got enough roots that when something happens, See, you may be in a season right now that's not about you, but about what's coming towards you. See, the, the, that same place in Luke, it says, it says, take a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all the garden seeds. So when you plant it in the ground, it grows up to be the largest of all the herb-yielding trees so that it provides nesting for the birds. Maybe God's got you in a season because He needs you to grow to the point where you can be nesting for some birds. Maybe He's got you where you can be something for the kingdom of God that you may not be ready for yet and you won't ever be ready for unless you go through a strengthening season. Yeah. Stuff in my life that used to have, drove, used to have worried me to death, don't, I don't even sweat it anymore. It don't faze me anymore because my roots are deep enough I know that ain't going to blow me over. Everything can't blow you over. Now I'm going to say that again because I'm tired of living in a world where everybody's a bunch of money babies. Everything can't blow you over. Everything should not be a life-altering emergency. If everything in your life is an emergency, it means you need to get some deeper roots. You shouldn't say that. I should say that. You need to hear that. Because see, it don't matter what's going on in the season to the oak tree. Because it's there. 
had too, we had too little rain. It's all right. Because it's got roots everywhere. Bobby and I were talking about the other day about popcorn trees. Y'all see the popcorn trees? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived by the trunk diameter of a popcorn tree. Anybody ever dug a popcorn tree up? A, a fairly good sized popcorn tree. I know Bobby has. Anybody else? Let me tell you something. Start where you think you need to start. And then go about 15 feet or 20 feet that way. Would that be accurate, Bobby? Or farther? Or farther? You may push some things over. You won't push a popcorn tree over. You say, oh, that's just a little weed-looking tree. Get you some. Get you some. Old finger-looking, weed-looking like roots, but they're about that big around. And grab every piece of dirt in the ground. That's why you don't see very many large popcorn trees blow over hurricanes. Because they got roots everywhere. They got roots everywhere. See, if you don't go into a season of expansion, see, some, some seasons God puts you in, it's an expansion season. If you don't ever go into a season of expansion, then your roots are just right around where you are. You get something that's got roots right around where it is, you just walk up, pull it up. But that thing's got roots running this way, and roots running that way, and roots running this way, and roots running that way. But you know how it gets that? Seasons of expansion. Seasons of expansion. See, some of y'all right now, you think you're in a difficult season. You're not in a difficult season. You're in a growing, expanding season. You're in a season of expansion where God is saying, watch this, I'm going to stretch you. You know, stretching when you ain't straight and ain't limbered up is uncomfortable. Oh no, I've been to go here. We were going going here. People get into a season that's tough or hard or hurts a little bit. Oh, this is such a terrible season. It's a stretching season. It's a stretching season. It's a let's see what you're made of season. Let's see how strong we can make you season. See, when I go through really difficult seasons now, what I know God is doing, He says, hey, let's see if we make you stronger. There ain't no more fun. Still don't like it. It's not enjoyable. I'll never understand. I mean, I understand it, but when you read through James, it's count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I'm like, James is a horrible person. <laughs> Why would you write that to people? But he goes on to say, because it is the proving. The proving of your faith. See, everyone says, I've got faith in God. We'll see. We'll see. See, most people walk through life and they want it to be like this. My dad used to tell a story about this fella walking around with a list of people he could whip. And he showed one of his buddies. His buddy said, my name's on that list. He said, you can't whip me. He said, all right, I'll scratch your name off. That's how most of us go through life. Sometimes you've got to be in a fight to see what you can whip. Sometimes you got something on the list because that something on the list says, we'll see if you can whip me. I'll take your name on. No, sir. No, sir. So, you know, maybe you ought to make a list of the things you think you can whip and then God will send you to check it out and see if you can. You can't whip that. Oh, write that list. Absolutely write that list. That's how you get tough. That's how you get strong. See, you understand, I believe every little boy ought to have to box. Oh, no, kids ought No, listen. When we was little kids and we got into it, they had us a pair of boxing gloves. That's how you settled stuff. Made you tough. Right. Ricky was about his head his mouth. He was like, what? That's like, yes, sir, son. Thank you. Amen. Spell to the little boys that want to scrap. Spell to the little boys that want to scrap. Listen, man, all this stupid stuff, people trying to interchange the genders, that's ridiculous. Let me tell you something. You give a little girl something, she'll make everything you hand her a doll. You give a little boy something, he'll make everything you hand him a gun. 
He'll turn everything into a gun or a sword. You know how many times I've been hit in the head by a stick by one of my buddies? In the summertime, on a regular basis, somebody getting hit in the head with a stick. I mean, it is what it is. Is there a man in here who has not turned a stick into a gun or a sword? Every single one of us has. And most of us now, if you hand us a mop or a broom, we'll be like... <laughs> if you had two men of them, you had two men brooms in that border, they'll sword fight with them, I promise you. I'm sure how old they are, they'll be like... They'll either be a knight or like a Jedi. Like, you know, every single dude. See, am I not telling the truth? If you right now, if you had if you had a Dylan and Alex and Brown, they ain't sweeping on the floor, they're gonna hit each other with it. That's what's gonna happen. I know I'm a little nuts, it's okay. But the seasons are made to toughen us up. They're made to toughen us up. You're gonna have some things on that list that you need to be able to get done. That you need to be able to walk through. And if every time the devil or, or life Rares up a little bit. Y'all just mark that off the list. Just mark that off the list. No, my God is more than able. Now, y'all, my God is more than able for whatever season you find yourself in. It does not matter the situation. God is more powerful. God is stronger. God is. An, uh, God has made you to be an overcomer. But you don't become an overcomer by pretending it ain't there. And you don't become an overcomer by winding your way through a season you're supposed to be growing in. One thing I'll always be grateful to my father about. And y'all, anyone who knows me knows that, my, that I do not have a... a uh, I, don't, I don't particularly care for whining. I'll talk to you about anything, but don't whine. We can discuss anything, but I can't... But that, that comes from my daddy. My daddy did not let me whine. I could talk to him. I could tell him what was going on in my life. But the moment I became a whiny baby. Stop that. Stop that son. Ain't no whining. When I whine about it. What are you going to do about it? See we don't go through difficult seasons. So that we can have the sads. You know you can be sad. But you don't have to stay sad. You can be upset, but you don't have to stay upset. You can feel down, but you don't have to stay down. I'll never forget uh, Mr. Fox. Y'all remember Big Fox over here? He told me one time, he said, his little girl, he said, all of us, she, when she was little, she'd fall down, and he'd run over and grab her and pick her up. And he said, she fell down and started crying. And he said, he was heading over to pick her up. And he said, the Holy Spirit stopped him. And he said, Stop. If you don't stop picking her up every time, you'll never know whether or not she can stand up on her own. Amen. Amen. Seasons in our life tell us whether or not we can stand up or not. Amen. Amen. See, Fox was right there with her, and he's going to help her when she needed it. But she needed to know. Do you know that the Bible tells us that God is a partner in our labor? Now let's let's sit there just a minute or two. See what we what we have done. We have taken the doctrine of the rapture at end times, and we have put that into into the situation with God for all of our life. Stay with me. I got y'all. See one day, one day when it's all said and done, we're going to be raptured from this earth to spend eternity with God in heaven. But God does not play the part of Superman in every aspect of your life. The Bible says He is a partner in our labor. God comes along and says, hey, guess what, Tiffany? You can do this. He says, you got this. You can do this. Let me and you get up and go do this. Not, hey, I'm going to pick you up while you're sobbing and crying like Lois Lane and carry you all the way to the other side of the situation and sit you down. 
Listen, it's like that, it's like that crazy poem that everybody reads about walking by footsteps and the last miles you were carrying me. That ain't biblical, that's stupid. God walks with you, He don't touch you. He walks with you, He don't touch you. There ain't no reason for Him to have to touch you. The Romans says He made you more than a conqueror and gave you a surpassing victory through Him that loved you. He said, get up and let's go ahead and walk through this season. It may be difficult and maybe some bombs explode around you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Why? For He is with you. And He gives you a rod and a staff to comfort you. It says He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But you got to get to the table. He said he prepared you a table in the presence of your enemies. But the verse before that he said, Yea, though I walk. Not yea, though he touched me. Yea, though he drags me kicking and screaming from my comfortable perch over where I'm used to being. You know, sometimes if you want to get to the present table he's prepared before you, you got to get up from where it's comfortable. How do you know that? Psalm 23 says that he's got pastures for you. He leads you to pastures. Well, he led you to the pastures before he takes you to the table. Y'all ain't even heard me. Somewhere between the pastures that are comfortable and easy and the table that's prepared before you in the presence of your enemies lies the valley of the shadow of death and you got to walk from the pasture to the table with the shepherd. And if you don't hang out in the pasture, he won't drag you to the table. But if i got the choice of eating God's chosen portions of grass, I'm eating them portions God made. Listen, you are in no danger of me eating all your rabbit's food. But you hang out there and eat grass if you want to. I'm going to the table he prepared for me. What does that mean? It means this is the season I'm trying to get to. That may be the season I'm in. But there's going to be a season i got to walk through. It's dark. There's death all around. There's the valley of the shadow of death. But I don't fear what I'm walking through because he's with me. It don't mean I'm not walking through it. It doesn't mean I'm not walking through it. It just means I'm not walking through it by myself. Amen. And I'm going somewhere. Yeah. See, the way you change the way you feel about the season you're in is you've got to realize you're going somewhere. Yeah. You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. See, we get so such tunnel vision. How many of y'all has God brought you from worse places than you are in right now? Yeah. Now, lift your hand. God brought you from a worse place than you are in right now. Now, look around. Now, look around. So what are we complaining about where we're at right now? We already know that whatever season changes, He takes us to a better situation. Amen? Amen. Amen. I can preach longer, but I'm done. Y'all stay. Anybody glad you can come to church and God knows where you are? I love that about God. Expectation for where they're going. Because everything that God is doing, God is doing to prepare you for the future that He's taking you to. You have to submit yourself sometimes and just say, God, whatever I need to have happen in this series, in this this this, this season, in this place, just let it happen. Surrender. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you this morning, God. We thank you, God, for who you are, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God of seasons. 
And Lord, I thank you that those seasons are not ruled by our calendars or our clocks, but they are they are governed by your our revelation of who you are and revelation of what you're doing, God. God, that in the seasons we find ourselves in, God, whether right now some of us are in the, the planting season or the growing season, the harvest season, God, that in that season that you would be revealed to us, God. Revelation of your word, God. Revelation of your love. Revelation of who you are, God. Lord, that you would just give us courage and boldness in those seasons. For behold, I am the Lord your God. I neither turn nor falter. I'm not a man that I could lie, or the son of man that I would repent. But I've called you to the place that you are in. I have led you to the waters that you wade in. I walk with you through the storm that you find yourself in. And behold, I am God and I am God alone. Oh, we thank you, God. Because Nothing exists that's outside of your controls and the of our lives. Lord, in the challenging times, you're there. In the times of joy, you're there. In the times of sadness and despair, you're there, God. Lord, that no matter the season, in every season, the one thing in that season we can always count on, always depend on God, is your faithfulness and that you walk beside us. Lord, give you all the praise and give you all the honor. Bless everything in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Am